everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the T's. So I have a question, you know, like your mom, did you ever say eat your veggies, eat them all, all your veggies? The same? I feel like, sure, sure. I'm also a vegetarian, <laughs> so it wasn't something that was oh. uncommon. <laughs> a very right. like early adopting vegetarian. <laughs> so, but yeah, I feel like she probably did. Anyway, what are you getting at? So n- we've got an article on Tech Times here on the intersection of vegetables and hair. Hmm. So my next question is, would you eat a vegetable grown from hair? This seems very uh, specific. <laughs> um, I think Do if I, I didn't to... know, if, it, mm-hmm. if I didn't know that it came from human hair in some capacity, I would probably be like, you know what? Tastes good. Yeah. But if you told me, mm-hmm. I would be like, absolutely not. There's no way in hell I would eat. No. Cause then I just associate like when you have Ooh. hair in your food, which is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kelly's vomiting on screen. Um, that's yeah. Would you, would you, you know, in preparation for this discussion, I thought yes, to myself, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. I would, but now how you pointed it out, it's a pretty hard no. <laughs> I mean, again, like if, if I had no idea, it was a blind taste test and you and then sure 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 yeah no harm no foul but if you did it and you told me i would never put in my gullet (laughs) your gullet anyway well there's researchers out there from Mm -hmm. nanyang technological university along with some harvard university and ntu They're basically trying to develop a sustainable alternative to growth mediums used in farming, a.k.a. that's where the keratin comes in. Mm. We want keratin in our hair so it grows. Mm -hmm. They're using that to now grow veggies. So Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. The things you learn. Um, I know. All right. Right here. Yeah. Hmm. So, okay, hard pivot to... Can't wait. Have you watched the Victoria's Secret documentary? This is on Hulu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't seen... I've seen... I've been targeted. It's right up my alley. It's just like I can't bring myself... It's like The Handmaid's Tale. Like, it's yeah. too mm. fresh. <laughs> I just don't... And I don't mean that in the sense of anything other than we're living through what feels like it can be a hellscape. And that mm-hmm. specific show mm-hmm. is not something I want to add yeah. to my media consumption. <laughs> the same thing applies really to this documentary series. Um, I've heard all of the terrible things mm-hmm. about the brand. There's been extensive reporting, but play it on me. What are we, yeah. what am I missing? So their latest campaign, which launched a week ago today, mm-hmm. was meant to cement their brand positioning and commitment to revolution and transformation. So hmm. if you've seen it, there is now... Um, a VS collective, if you will, basically helping inspire the community and support people, all types of people um, that are now representative in their advertising. So they're trying to make some changes over there. Yeah. I mean, in looking at the campaign assets, Mm -hmm. it's like giving skims. It is. It's giving current, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is obviously antithetical to like what they had come to market for. Totally. I'm always yeah. genuinely curious when, I mean, you talked about a hard pivot, when a brand makes such a hard pivot. I agree. Because they were known so much for that like wafy angel mm-hmm. to, you know, get into this like body pause space. Like, I, I don't know. Best of luck to them, I guess. Yeah. Like there's plenty of good people that work for the company, but... Yeah, I mean, according to the documentary, the people at the top were not so great back in the heyday. But now there's certainly some people there with vision. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll be interested to see if it's like too little, too late. Too late. For them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, remains to be seen. But yeah. It does. Hmm. So we've got that. We've got veggies and Victoria's Secret, two very unlikely things that we would talk about on the pod, but we just did. We did. (laughs) So on our last episode, we talked with Michael Duenas. Michael is a curly hair specialist. I loved the interview. I'm partial, I guess. Um, (laughs) Michael has been on the fast track working with numerous celebrities and also has been fortunate enough to have been the consulting celebrity stylist for Garnier, the brand ambassador for Schwarzkopf Professional and the brand ambassador for Aloxy International. He's also had the pleasure of shooting editorials, including Elle, Allure, Flaunt, C Magazine, and Nylon, along with many others. 
He's also worked with advertising clients, including guests, Aeropostale, L'Oreal, and Got2B, and turned his passion from beauty into much more. Mm. He's helped brands launch unique and revolutionary products, design packaging to further their brand, and create stunning standout imagery and video series. He is truly a one-stop shop. Loved my interview with him. Um, make sure you subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with Kelly Tomlinson Pollock. Growing up in Southern California, Kelly took an early interest in all things glamorous. After completing a bachelor's degree in communications, she went straight to work for burlesque legend Dita Von Teese. Mm. In 2010, she was hired to work at the prestigious Starworks Artist Agency, which represented the best of the best in beauty artists at the time. She spent the next few years honing her skills as an agent and developing a sharp eye for talent. Kelly quickly discovered that she had the natural ability to lead and an innate sense of what would make an artist successful in an industry that requires meticulous management of details and high-profile relationships. So, in the fall of 2013, Kelly and her soon-to-be husband, Benjamin Pollock, a graduate of the American Film Institute, launched Tomlinson Management Group, representing a handful of hairstylists, makeup artists, and wardrobe stylists. Today, it is a multi-million dollar corporation with a reputation as one of the most respected agencies for freelance beauty artists, offering artists a personalized management experience unrivaled in the industry. Can't wait for you guys to hear this one. I feel like we don't often talk to this side of the business, and I feel like it's going to blow some minds. So blowing your mind, I mean, one of my favorite e-tailers, if you will, ShopBop, I also have a personal connection over there, mm-hmm. which is yay me. Mm-hmm. The company ShopBop, have you heard of them? You know, just, Cash. just a few. Yeah, yeah, you mm-hmm, know, yeah. yeah. Over the so years. So last week they launched ShopBop Beauty mm-hmm. and we love to see that for them. I mean, I'm there adding things to cart. Might as well get my <laughs> way, my Olaplex my Uma beauty. Right. So I'm excited for them. I mean, it's about time, a natural progression for shop. Bob. Yeah. What do you think? We'd love to say, I mean, honest to God, in terms of removing friction and getting everything Mm -hmm. that you can all at once, like love to see it. I was just telling you before we started recording that they're now shop, Bob men Mm -hmm. has always made so much more sense. Like I'm, they're doing the right things over there. Like let's leverage that brand identity. And you know, I am in Madison, Wisconsin. Did you know that Shop Bop was actually a shop called Bop on State Street back when Mr. Ellers was in high school? Wow. And that is how Shop Bop started. Wow. Bop. Bop. And so now they're also located here. Um, a portion of their business is here, but mm-hmm. they were bought out by Amazon, as we know. Mm-hmm. And so that just adds to that lightning fast shipping benefit, mm-hmm. the Shop Bop that we're getting now with our beauty. Love to see it. <laughs> Other things that we love to see, thetease.com. Let's talk about what's trending on the site. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, five Latinx hair brands that you may not know, but should. See what we did? Look <laughs> at that. Latinx Heritage Month might be coming to a close. Sad. Uh, But that doesn't mean that we should just magically stop supporting Latinx brands. We should be supporting them year round. Not all hair products are created equal and not all brands on the market carry items for all hair types. For curly haired customers, it can sometimes be hard to find the perfect product for your hair journey. Luckily, a lot of Latinx entrepreneurs have recognized a need for more natural and effective curly hair care. Head to the T's to see which brands we're highlighting. Kelly, of the few, and we're not going to give it away because we want you to go to the site. Which brand would you try? Ooh, I mean, I would try really all of them, but I do really love, I mean, I've got some curly haired folks in my house. You sure do. And so I love a good leave-in conditioner and I love the name Pink Root. So I'm going to go with that one, nourishing with keratin and sweet almond oil, which I also like that scent. I love the Eva Avo <laughs> situation. So, I mean, basically go and see. There's a bunch of brands there you should get into. Um, and let us know if you try them out. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear it. All right. Next up, the 2023 Met Gala theme will honor the work of late designer Carl Lagerfeld. While there's been much speculation about what the 2023 Met Gala theme will be, TikTokers were fully convinced that the theme was space. It seems that we've got an answer. 
On September 30th, the organizers of the annual Met Gala announced via press conference that the theme for next year's soiree will honor the decades-long work of the late fashion designer and icon industry, come on, Karl Lagerfeld, who died in 2019. Largely known for his role as creative director of Chanel, in addition to his work at Fendi, Chloe, and his namesake label, Lagerfeld has been regarded as one of the most influential figures in fashion. Also, you know, there's things that come to mind immediately in terms of gloves, ponytail, white yes. hair, stripes, well, you know. Are you excited about this? Yes. What are your thoughts? Oh, yes. 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 Okay. I mean, I love his work. I mean, I'm talking, Listen. I mean, the creative director of Chanel. I mean, yeah. and yeah. he's just, he was impeccably dressed mm-hmm. down to every detail mm-hmm. in every public appearance. And I think he is a total legend. And I would like to see mostly black and white, mm-hmm. stark white hair. Everyone must be wearing sunglasses. That's it. Done. I have my outfit picked out. You've got your outfit. <laughs> um, I feel like people are not going to go this way. And that's what's going to uh, be infuriating. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time we're like, it's going to be great. And then it's always a mess. Yeah. Um, but the assignment is clear. It's real clear. We know what to expect. And is it like, so the theme is Carl Lagerfeld, right? And so like, what? part does your outfit embody is it his creativity his physical presence like i feel like this one have they ever named it after a person i don't think that they have or more themey you know like this may be a first we'll have to confirm mm-hmm. yeah the tease team chat was lit up because there was <laughs> concerns about where this is going to go in terms of yeah yeah, so we'll see just how literal people go. Um, I, I think like wait. you've blown it wide open, but <laughs> I've got a feeling that we're going to see some pretty mm-hmm. bad cosplay. So anyway, mm. I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. Let's 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 just see. Let's let it happen. <laughs> All right. Next up, what you need to know about surfer curtains hairstyle that's taking over TikTok. Looking for an easy and effortless to do that's fuss free and low maintenance. Consider the trending surfer curtains hairstyle, which has become increasingly popular on TikTok with over 24 million views and counting. What's more, this uber popular look is now is low maintenance and easy to style, read no heat tools required, making it a favorite amongst gals and guys on the go. Intrigued? Head to thetees.com to learn more about this talk and gram where they do and tips and tricks and insights from expert stylists about how to get it. Kelly. Yes. Surfer curtains. Yeah. Yes or no? I mean, a total yes. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I mean, kind of adventurous. I mean, yes, I am. I mean, generally parted in the center or slightly off center, <laughs> worn with the beachy te- texture. What could go wrong? I don't know. I think I'm here for it, but I also love like, has the term surfer curtain hair been around a long time? Apparently not. And I just didn't know it. No, no, no. This is a new thing we're finding. <laughs> um, I feel like the naming, it's it doesn't have the like sexiness of like no, the wolf like, cut. No. Or the it, butterfly or the jelly bit. I mean, the animal mm-hmm. stuff is really like, they've got the market. Like surfer curtains is a little. It's a little like, hmm? yeah. I mean, and maybe that's why it's been intriguing because <laughs> who was like, that looks like surfers curtains. Like surfers don't have curtains. I, I don't. Do they live in their van with curtains? I don't know. These are these are important questions to ask. Would we ever be able to find out who coined the term? I don't know. These are if you're out there, let us know. Yeah. If you are the creator (laughs) of this trend, let us know. Let's let's talk about it. How do we come up with this name? We've got questions and you've got answers. As always, so much going on at thetees.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Kelly Tomlinson. Growing up in Southern California, Kelly Tomlinson Pollock took an early interest in all things glamorous. After completing a bachelor's degree in communications, she went straight to work for burlesque legend Tita Von Teese. In 2010, she was hired to work at the prestigious Starworks Artist Agency, which represented the best of the best in the beauty industry at the time. She spent the next few years honing her skills as an agent and developing a sharp eye for talent. Kelly quickly discovered that she had the natural ability to lead and an innate sense of what would make an artist successful in an industry that requires meticulous management of details and high-profile relationships. In the fall of 2013, 
Kelly and her soon-to-be husband, Benjamin Pollock, a graduate of the American Film Institute, launched Tomlinson Management Group, representing a handful of hairstylists, makeup artists, and wardrobe stylists. Today, it is a multi-million dollar corporation with a reputation as one of the most respected agencies for freelance beauty artists, offering artists a personalized management experience unrivaled in the industry. Kelly currently resides in Malibu, California, with Benjamin, their four-year-old son, Bryce, and two Shih Tzus, Monty and Max. Hey, Kelly, welcome to the Volume Up podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. How's it going? I'm great. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We love that. No, no, no. Thank you for being here. All right, let's do it. For those who are maybe not aware, let's talk about the beginnings. How did you get into the talent management industry and then specific to salon professional as it intersects? Let's get into that. Well, uh, specifically talent management and all that, it wasn't anything I ever set out to do. I didn't know that you could represent hairstylists and makeup artists. So I was um, happy that I kind of fell into it. But uh, to back up a little bit, um, I went to college. I got a degree in communications with an emphasis in entertainment studies. And then um, when I finished that, I ended up interning for Dita Vontis, who obviously is, you know, the height of beauty and glamour and fashion. Icon. Let's be clear. Like, wow, wow, wow. Yes, my hair. I would just, you know, love that whole world. So, you know, for me, it was, you know, kind of combining my passion with, you know, like hair and makeup and fashion and, you know, the costumes of all that and really like the world of glamour and then being able to combine the professional side of it, too. Mm-hmm. And so I got to help work with her stage props and work behind the scenes and help do like the guest list for her shows and work with her management team. So that was awesome. Um, and then from there, I was introduced to um, the people who would become my bosses when I got hired at Starworks, um, which was uh, a big management group at the time. Kind of, kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, kind of a big deal. Yeah. It's a little agency. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know anybody in the industry. I didn't know anything you know, about anything. Like I said, I didn't know you could even rep hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that, you know, they needed an assistant, I was like, uh, yes, please. Um, so, you know, and that was of course, you know, because of the relationships I'd made doing the interning. So luckily I got the job and, um, you know, just very quickly discovered that it was something that I loved you know, again, being able to be involved in something so fabulous as, you know, Hollywood and red carpets and magazine covers and press junkets. And just like, I didn't come from anywhere exciting. So being able to be a part of that was my dream. So, you know, it kind of just all happened, but in hindsight, that's kind of where I was always headed. I just didn't know that it would all come together in such a wonderful way. Hmm. So that is how I got started. And, um, I mean, this is so fascinating. We don't often have folks like yourself on the podcast. It's generally salon professionals themselves. Mm -hmm. So hearing about this way into our industry is totally fascinating, I gotta say. And really interesting to hear how it sort of like developed for you. All kind of weaved itself together. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Beginning with a passion for, you know, hair and makeup and, and everything else, which I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I like doing my own hair and makeup and looking good, but like having that as a career and doing it for other people wasn't anything that I wanted to do. Not in the cards. (laughs) No, I understand that. Um, Certainly that's true for myself, but we can appreciate it. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about mentorship along the way. Um, Mentorship is a huge topic for the salon professional industry. Oftentimes our guests say that like such and such was so instrumental in helping to push me to XYZ. Um, did you have mentors along the way? Did you find that was important for your own professional journey? Yeah, I wouldn't say there was ever like one person that's like seen me through from, you know, high school, college, all the way until now. Fair, fair, fair. I've been lucky to have a variety of people that have been very supportive, you know, along the way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I was working with Dita, her manager allowed me to kind of like come on and like shadow her and her company. And, you know, kind of like just got to observe. Mm-hmm. I've just made a habit of just like wanting to place myself in those types of situations and being able to just observe how people are, you know, and be like, oh, that's an option. Like I could do that if I wanted to, you know. So there was that. And I, you know, learned a lot from, you know, my bosses at Starworks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, luckily a lot of the the 
big talented hair and makeup people that were there were very supportive and, you know, took me under their wing as, you know, someone they saw as a future agent with potential and kind of gave me a lot of advice and helped me develop relationships with people that would be instrumental in my career. Mm. And then of course, um, you know, my husband, Benjamin, who I later started my own company with, you know, when we met, he had a ton of experience running companies and really was someone to encourage me to branch out and, and mm-hmm. do my own thing ultimately. So yes, there, there have been a lot of different people that have been very supportive and I've been very lucky in that way. Oh, we love to hear that. Um, yeah. But let's talk about what you've literally just said, which is you went out on your own. I did. And you've created your own company, which is a huge thing. Uh, so congratulations, firstly. Thank you. Um, and you've been successful. So let's talk about this. Sure. When did you make the decision mm-hmm. to go it out on your own? Well, I had always thought that entrepreneurship was interesting mm-hmm. and that ultimately I would hope one day I would be able to have my own company. I thought it was very cool. Sure, sure. So that was always in the back of my mind, okay. but I always assumed that was something I would have to do later. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need to have X amount of years of experience or no one will take yep. me seriously or you know, that whole thing. So um, I started at Starworks in 2010 and by the end of 2013, it really had become apparent to me that I didn't feel like I was growing. Mm. And it was that moment of like, I don't know what my next level is here. Mm. Like, I don't really see it. I'm not seeing a, a future where I want to be. And I wanted to be able to call the shots. I wanted to decide who I could work with and who I could sign and not have that be dictated by anybody else. You know, mm-hmm. I was 26 and uh, I like to be the boss. So um, I had met um, Benjamin Pollock, my my husband now, he was my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of decided that it was, it was time, you know, it was kind of like an, a now or never, like, mm. you know, I could keep doing this and be not very happy and feel like I'm building somebody else's dream, mm-hmm. or I could take a chance, take a chance and build your own dream, exactly. Um, which you've done. Yeah. So let's talk about that, though. We've had a couple of guests on the podcast who have worked with their significant other. And by and large, they've all said really great things. Um, I, (laughs) my significant other uh, is a physician. So like we would never be able to work together um, because I'm not myself. Unless you interviewed him. I was going to say all of a sudden. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But but talk to us about this. I mean, do, what are the pros of working with your significant other? Um, I would imagine there might be some cons, but but it seems like things are going well. Well, um, he set up the lighting for this shoot right here. Oh, all right. So he's he's a keeper. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to make me look good. So he also uh, graduated from mm-hmm. AFI. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and you know, filmmaking and all that good stuff. So you know, we have the same vision. We want the same thing. Mm -hmm. And luckily because we're married and we have a kid and all of that, like everything we do is collectively for the greater good of this company and for our family. So, you know, he's incredibly smart. He's incredibly supportive. I have, you know, a wonderful partner and I'm very lucky for that. So, you know, there's a million pros and I really can't think of any downsides to it, you know, especially coming through the pandemic and, Mm -hmm. you know, having, you know, somebody to, to stand with the whole time and, you know, be strong through the whole thing. And I tried to really think like, are there, are there good and bad and this and that? And I mean, of course there's always like days when it's tough and days when it feels imbalanced because, you know, we're putting everything into, you know, this company, but just, just to have somebody to bounce things off of, we always have been lucky that we're always on the same page. And, you know, when it comes to mm-hmm. hiring people and firing people and who, who to sign and, and this and that, you know, we have a lot of respect for each other, which makes it just a joy and a pleasure to get to do this every day. Oh, well, I'm thrilled to hear that for you guys. Yeah. Um, that is what we want to hear from everybody. Um, So we'll take it. Um, But talk to us a little bit about (laughs) um, separating work from home life. Is it possible? Um, And I don't mean this in a gendered way, because to be clear, like there's all sorts of things that are happening all the time. Mm -hmm. But when you're married to a partner in business and you're, you know, working all the time, not all the time, how, how are you guys doing in terms of separating or is there no separation? Well, 
I think the separation of it comes down to like, we have our son. So there's always the moments when like, okay, well, it's time to get him ready for school. Yep. So yep. for the next hour, we're mom and dad and we have to get him out the door and get him out to school. So there's that, you know, I think it's just that the business is a part of your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. And sometimes that needs more attention. And sometimes like it's the holidays or, you know, whatever it's, yep. you know, it doesn't need as much attention because it's, you know, doing its own thing at the moment. So, you know, it, it, I don't feel like we ever have to specifically work to be lit. You know, of course, we, we try to get away when we can. Mm-hmm. But again, that exhaustion comes down more to being parents than running a company. Yep. Because, you know, ultimately, you know, I would say you want to, if you're going to work with somebody that you're in a relationship with, you have to have a really solid foundation. And we love what we do. We love working together. We, mm-hmm. you know, really have never had any arguments about how the company is going to go because, you know, we just want to root each other on every chance we get. Yeah. The separation has to come down to when we're (laughs) being mom and dad. I feel that. Yeah. But also running an agency, I feel like we had a lot of experience being mom and dad because, you know, representing all the artists you, you have, you know, 25 to 30, you know, kids we're looking out for that we want to take care of yep. and make sure everybody's happy in that way anyway. So we're used to being that team. <laughs> I like that bit of perspective. Um, <laughs> so having one kid is like easy. <laughs> easy, a dream, a dream, no big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So related to you and your conversation earlier around or commentary, excuse me, um, entrepreneurship, um, sort of seeing that in the works for yourself determining like when was the right time? Is it the right time having some backstopping from your partner to go ahead and do it? What advice do you have for anyone who's thinking about maybe jumping into doing something for themselves, whether they're thinking about becoming a salon owner, uh, they want to become an independent stylist and go it alone and, and take on freelance clients. Like what are your, what are your thoughts there? Um, well, just do it. No one's going to come along and say like, now's the time. Now is the time you are ready now. (laughs) Like you have to choose yourself. You can't wait for somebody to choose you. You know, I was very insecure about my age. I was 26, Mm -hmm. you know, and like I said, I'm like, nobody's going to like, nobody's going to take me seriously. Like what would they even think I knew? But I guess I knew a lot because here we are are and Mm -hmm. you know, I I got a lot of good feedback from people. People had enjoyed working with me up until that point. And you know um, yeah, I I mean, the ultimate advice is, you know, just do it because what's the worst that could happen? You know, you could, you'll be redirected. You know, I don't believe that you're going to, you know, win or lose or pass or fail. It's just a new direction and you can always change your course at any point. So if there's something you want, there's no point in not going after it because what's the alternative? Not doing it. You know, yeah, that doesn't sound like any fun. (laughs) (laughs) I, Personally agree. Yeah. I think you'd be surprised. Uh, you'd be surprised at what you can accomplish if you just, just try, hmm. just get out there. Just take the chance. Take the chance. I love that. Uh, what's something that you've learned along the way that you maybe wished you knew when you were starting out on your own at 26? You know, I think I was, that's kind of what I said earlier, which was just that you, you have to choose yourself. You have to just, and nothing's that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, like, When you're 26 in general, or just, you know, at any point, and again, like with this business specifically, you know, Mm -hmm. it is very high profile people and very high stakes events, Mm -hmm. the Oscars and fashion week, and like everything has to go perfectly all the time. But like at the end of the day, like, you know, what's something I wish I knew is that everybody that I've met working in this business is like just a normal person, Mm -hmm. just like me. Mm -hmm. It's not like anybody's like, that special or like spectacularly smarter than me, or, you know, I always had the habit of assuming that everybody knew more than me, mm-hmm. or it was like so much better than I was at doing anything. And the truth is, you know, it's not that exciting. I mean, it's not that exciting. And they're all people. It is that exciting. It's a lot of fun, but like, it's not, it's not that deep, you know, like, just like, it's better to just get in there and do it and become part of it and assimilate and get to know those people and learn that like, nobody's that special is what I mean. Mm -hmm. Nobody's like so much more special than you that you couldn't do it too. That's my advice. That's, that is, I think a little bit more empowering. Um, I like that redirect, Um, but no, you're absolutely right. And I think you're doing an excellent job for our listeners of demystifying what this process looks like, because some of our salon pros are not at the point where they are, you know, doing a fashion week yet, or that they are working with celeb clientele. 
And this is sort of breaking down. Like, how does that even happen? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, which we're going to get to in depth in a moment. Happy to answer that. So before we do that, um, talk to us a little bit about what you want to do with the company. You represent some big wigs and we're thrilled for you. Um, but like vision, where do you see yourself? What are we expecting from, from you in a couple of years? I think like world domination, I think. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I want that for you. We'll take it. Yep. No, I, you know, truthfully, I'm very lucky to be in the position that I'm in. We have a great roster of people. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely making it through the pandemic has been a feat in and of itself. Absolutely. So the fact that we're still here, not every agency is still here. Yep. You know, some a lot have come and gone, not just because of the pandemic, but because yep. of, you know, how difficult it is to run your own company. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not a walk in the park all the time. So the fact that we're still here, we still have a massive roster of wonderful, fabulous, talented people that I'm very proud of in and of itself. So from here, you know, we're on track to do you know, a year similar to what we did in 2019. So for me, that's huge to, you know, feel like we're back on track is huge. So from here, it's, you know, I always have an eye out of, you know, who's the next big thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what can we do? How can we expand? You know, I'm always open to expanding, hiring more people, bringing on, you know, another agent would be a possibility. So it's kind of anything and everything at this moment, you know, just, I'm, I'm always, you know, looking at what's next and how can we be bigger? How can we grow? And, you know, you can't force it either. You know, in my mm-hmm. experience, it's all kind of like naturally evolved over time as I learn more and, you know, learn how to run a bigger and bigger company, you know, things kind of naturally begin to grow. Oh, well, we cannot wait to see where you're headed. We know that it's going to be the biggest things um, for you and for for your your clientele. Um, so, but let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. How, how do people get on your radar period end of story how are you finding the next big thing sure where does somebody even start to become discovered well if you're just starting out and you're brand new you have you know no contacts you know maybe you're working in a salon or something like that you know it depends Mm -hmm. on on what you want to do so i can only speak to what i do in my experience so you know my agency does a a lot of celebrity we do a lot of editorial work Mm -hmm. you know e-com advertising um if if those are the worlds that you want to be in you need to find a way to place yourself in those worlds in front of those people Mm -hmm. so first you want to you know be in LA, obviously, if you know, if you want to work somewhere here, I, I get a lot of people that, you know, Oh, I live in Georgia, but like, how can you represent me? I'm like, that doesn't, you know, like, I'm sure there's great agencies out there. Maybe yeah, there's not, but I'm if not you there. want to do yeah. the celebrity, yeah. you have to plant yourself where the bulk of the work happens. A, um, and then B there's, um, you know, the way that you kind of begin to grow and establish yourself is by assisting. Mm is what I would recommend. So, you know, reach out to the artists you admire. And, you know, again, going back to like demystifying a little bit, like you'd be surprised how difficult it is to find great people, assistants that will show up and be on time and be enthusiastic and not try to be in everybody's face. You know, you get people that Shit, you know, so it's like just be like a normal human being. <laughs> Step one. Be, be cool, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, offering, you know, your assisting services to, you know, people that you admire. Mm-hmm. You know, it it seems tougher than it is. I mean, that's how I started working for Dita Vontis. I literally emailed her fan club and asked if I could work for her for free because I needed to intern after college. And I got a yes, which, you know, at the time I'm like, that's so dumb. Like, nobody's going to read that. Like, why would anyone take me seriously? But somebody did. Yeah, Yeah. but they did. So like, you never know, like it may feel very intimidating. Like, oh, these people must have a million assistants and they, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Maybe they don't, <laughs> you know. And I think the more specific you can be, you know, if you're reaching out to somebody that, you know, I really like your work, I'd love to learn from you because assisting isn't just like you're giving to them. Like assisting is that you're going to learn so much, mm-hmm. um, you know, about being on set. You're going to, you know, techniques, set etiquette, watch the way they behave around their clients, and you know, just observe. Like that is priceless you know, the valuable time you would get doing any of that. So I would, I would recommend targeting people that you admire and asking if you can assist them. Okay. Um, so 
What do you then look for when you're looking at talent to sign? You want to build out your roster. Sure. What are the things that are coming to mind for you to strongly consider someone? Um, well, I mean, I feel like having a solid portfolio, you know, mm-hmm. having clients you're already working with, mm-hmm. like I'm not in a position where I'm just signing somebody that's fresh out of beauty school that exactly has no Good to note. Yes. Yeah. That's why you need to, you know, spend <laughs> the time, you know, getting the experience, all of that. So, uh-huh. well, you know, when it's time for me to start considering signing somebody, um, I mean, honestly, genuinely my biggest, um, criteria is that you're a nice person Hmm. not people want to hang out with you because that's who people book you know true we're talking about celebrities on press junkets you're going on press tours you're traveling the world like with them people book people that they want to hang out with absolutely so being talented and knowing to do hair and makeup is kind of beside the point you have to be able to do all of those things but i find that the people that get the jobs the most of the time are the ones that people want to spend time with you know so that's a, a big part of it Um, so that means a lot of my clients I end up signing come as recommendations from people Mm. that are already on the roster, Mm. which again is why you want to start getting in with people. You know, if there's an agency that you want to be signed with, you want to start being a part of that group of people. So getting in and assisting them Mm -hmm. or, you know, just checking in every now and again, like I said, it's not like I have a lot of room to be able to sign somebody that doesn't have much of a book at all. But as you're building your book, as you're testing, you're reaching out to photographers, you're getting new images, maybe you had a breakthrough and you did something really cool, or you got, you got to do somebody for a red carpet, like sending, sending an agent, you know, some checking in, asking the agent, if you can be on their assisting roster Mm -hmm. is also, um, a great way to start getting attention. Like there's people that, that I hadn't known about for years, like they assisted this and then they assisted this artist on the roster and then that person loved them. And then because I knew that person loved them, then somebody else needs an assistant. So I'm going to say, Oh, that person is great. I'm going to call them and, you know, recommend them here. So that's kind of how I've seen it work when you're really starting out, you know, you kind of build it that way. You make yourself indispensable. You say yes to everything and you know, see where it gets you. Hmm. So, you know, and then you, you like, again, like when it comes to, to being assigned at, you know, my agency specifically, like, mm-hmm. yes, you, you have to have a book, you have to have a portfolio. I want to see red carpet images, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes the best way to get those in the beginning is you're also going to have to maintain your own relationships with publicists and managers. And, you know, you have to, you have to be putting yourself out there all the time. So that's building those relationships. It's emailing them. How can I help you? What can I do? Who do you have? Is there somebody doing, you know, a spec shoot that you can get in and, and meet them? Cause oftentimes just the act of being there and, you know, showing up and making them look great. Like that's how people start to talk about you and hire you again. These are hard truths, important things to be said. Yeah. Um, I feel like, again, I'm learning a lot. I would imagine that our audience that's interested in potentially being represented by an agency like yourself, um, would be remiss not to be paying attention and taking some notes on this stuff. They should absolutely pay attention. <laughs> um, this is some insider yeah. info yeah. Um, that we are very appreciative of. Um, so, okay, if they get to the point of they are represented by an agent like yourself, um, what does successful representation look like? How do they maintain, how do they build a career um, once they're signed? Uh, the agent and artist relationship is a very special one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way it works the best is when both are participating in it mm-hmm. and, you know, see it as a partnership. Sure. Because the, the artists that I work the best with, you know, I mean, obviously you're paying somebody a percentage of mm-hmm. your career to manage it. So that means that I'm mm-hmm. handling your schedule. I'm booking your travel. I'm managing your relationships, which mm-hmm. is very important because you want to make sure that whoever is managing your relationships is someone you can trust and you trust the way they're going to speak to people on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So you know, these are all the reasons that you're bringing an agent onto your team. So when I found it's unsuccessful is when people come in and they think, well, I'm paying you this. So I'm just going to sit back and, you know, the agent does everything. And why am I not doing X, Y, and Z? And you need to get me in here and blah, you know, like Mm -hmm. the people that are the most successful are the ones that work with the agent. We strategize what are your goals. And just because you want to work with someone, it doesn't have 
make a call and put you there. Sometimes I can, I've, I've had a lot of success, <laughs> you know, you never know unless you ask. So oftentimes I, I have had success, you know, people tell me they want to work with someone and I make that connection that it works. Other times it doesn't. So you have to have realistic expectations yeah. about, you know, your agent is not a magician. Like I can't control the flow of jobs or the, you know, the industry or, or all of that. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've had experience where it's like, well, I'd really like to be working more. I'm like, well, I would like you to be working more too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's a dance. It's, um, you know, treating your agent like a human is an important thing too, because they're not a machine. There's somebody who's on your team who wants you to succeed. So as long as we, you know, show up together and I use my resources to get you as far as I can. And I also manage your resources that you have, you know, when everybody wants to work together, it can be a beautiful thing. I've, you know, and also just being willing to do something is the biggest thing, you know, like I've had a lot of people have a lot of luck in their careers, like flying themselves to the Toronto Film Festival, mm -hmm. you know, like those types of things. Yeah. Like that's advice I'd give if you're looking to build your career, put yourself where people are going to need hair and makeup, yeah. you know? And if you're flying to Toronto, a lot of times there's a lot of celebrities that go there and the studios maybe can't afford to fly out their big people. So you have a great chance at, at getting in on, you know, maybe a bigger name you wouldn't be able to in LA because they have more people to choose from. So ones that succeed are the ones that have a good attitude that are willing to go anywhere and everywhere and have a real passion for what they do, Wow! you know, because you can really get caught up in a lot of the nonsense and a lot of the politics that come with this job because <laughs> there's a lot of it. So, <laughs> you know, there is, but you work with nice people. So that's how you got around it. I do work with nice people, but you know, you still deal with the day to day of, yeah. you know, there is the, the rejection and you book that job and you thought you did great, but then they use somebody else on the next time. And, you know, like sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. Like, you know, it's about like holding on loosely. Yeah to what you're doing, because if you expect to like own a person, are you going to do everything with them or how dare they, or I'm never going to work with you again. Like you're going to end up not working with anybody, <laughs> you know, that's so well put. Um, the holding on loosely thing I think is applicable for so many different people too, um, in all sorts of aspects. So taking that one, filing that one away. Yeah. Um, Kelly, if someone, yeah. uh, hairstylist, makeup artist is interested in maybe doing a dance with you, mm -hmm. um, as you put it, um, how do they find you? Where can they go? How do they get on your radar? Again, the most common way is that they're recommended to me by somebody that's already on the roster. Sure. So if you have somebody that's putting in a good word for you, that's worth go there first more than anything, because if you know somebody that, you know, that makes a lot of sense, but if you really don't know anybody, mm -hmm. you know, and again, that I would encourage people to, you know, assist people. You can email us and, you know, get on our assistant roster too. I would encourage people that are building their careers to do that with all agencies, you know, just because you never know, because, you know, you could email me and I could literally be in a desperate spot that day where I need an assistant and you just emailed me and like, yep. you're in. Let's do it. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, you know, <laughs> like... It's about finding a way to be consistent without being annoying, hmm. which is a, a fine dance. So, you know, it's more, you know, you're, you're allowed to say hello. You're allowed to introduce yourself and check in, you know, and if you have something new and cool, you want to show somebody, if you are going to have somebody's eyes on an email you're sending, make sure that you're sending it, uh, make sure there's a point to why you're sending it. Like, you know, sometimes people will just email asking, you know, Oh, like, you know, how do I get wrapped? I'm like, I don't really have a lot of time to yeah, go back and forth with people yeah. that I yeah. don't know about yeah. how you get wrapped. You know, I guess they could listen right now. Cause this is how you get wrapped. <laughs> yeah. Refer to this, but see link, um, download please. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in general, like, again, like the entertainment industry and so many industries are relationship based, mm -hmm. you know, Oof, people, true. people work with people they know, people know who they like, people are willing to take a recommendation from somebody that they have already met and know and liked. So the more you can just make yourself a part of whatever it is you're trying to get involved in, ultimately that is the way to go. And, um, 
it can take a while, mm. you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Nope. I think a lot of people are like, well, I've been assisting for three months. Why isn't it happening for me? Or the same with, you know, building a relationship with an agent, like, oh, well, I've been here for two months and I don't feel like, um, you know, it's like, well, you have to, these things take time. Like if people don't know who you are, people need to know who you are. And the only way to do that is to be there and say yes, because I feel like the most life-changing opportunities usually come up like right now, you know, so-and-so lost their hair for tomorrow and you're the only person that's available. So here you go. And, you know, just be ready and willing make it work. to do anything and everything to make it work. Yeah. So if you want it, you'll figure it out and you'll be there. Ugh. All right. Well, Kelly, there's been some incredible gems here. Um, I'm inviting everybody to rewind a couple of times and take the the, the notes that they need. Um, but we've got to do our quick takes. Um, we are going to ask you the questions we ask all of our guests. These are things, okay. free association. Don't think about it for too long. Um, but you've already said a lot of things that I think would fit for some of these questions later on. So, you know. Try again. Yeah, exactly. Basically. First up is what is a quote that you love? And I'm not looking for like a live, learn, love, whatever kind of thing. It's like a, what's a mantra, a motto that like gets you through the day. Um, you know, one that I always go back to is a share quote yes. um, <laughs> because she's my hero. Love this. I'm paraphrasing here. Sure, sure, sure. But I used to watch the DVD of her farewell tour all the time. Mm. And uh, she said something along the lines of, you know, do everything you can do now. And you can always look back and go, I shouldn't have done that, but just do it. Perfect. And if Cher said it, then it's gold. It's gotta be, it's gotta be gold. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. So good. All right. What is the last thing that you Googled? Mm. Oh my God. Uh, probably something about a mosquito bite. <laughs> yeah. Mosquitoes are everywhere right now. Sorry. You know, we live in Malibu, so we're outside and there's bugs everywhere and you know, I can't think of anything glamorous, so it was definitely mosquito bite-related. That's fair. That's fair. That feels right. Um, okay, so on this podcast, we are often talking with hairstylists. Uh, they often reflect about things that they've done over the years, trends that they've tried, done for clients. Is there a specific beauty or hair trend that you've tried that looking back, you're just like, why, why, why? And it gives you the cringe. Um, no, because I don't really do trends. Yes. I don't. I'm a classic red lip okay. cat eye. Like I've never veered from that. And why would you need to? <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah. I mean, coming through with some real gems. I'm obsessed with this. Um, okay. Uh, we've talked about this. You are running an agency with your significant other. You've got a small child. Is there anything that you would change about your daily routine if you could, if the stars aligned and you could make this happen, would you change something out? Yes, I would exercise more. <laughs> it is very difficult to find the time to do that. And, you know, I know how good that is for productivity and mental health and all of that. For all of the things. Yep. So I'm doing the best I can. But if I could add just an extra hour to my day, that's what I would I do. I feel you deeply. Um, I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And oh, same thing. God. Going, like sleeping yeah. happens whether I want it or not. Yeah, sleeping would be nice. I mean, sleeping would be great. It's like, but, but finding the time to exercise like you time yeah it's non-existent but you know well, we should what are you yeah. gonna do this is the life we chose exactly um okay what is an animal that you're maybe most like definitely um a leopard because they're glamorous and chic and elegant and who doesn't love like leopard prints anything right yes 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 i'm seeing it <laughs> this is perfect yes seeing it yep yeah. uh-huh um we are product junkies on this podcast um so what is a product that you could not live without it could be hair beauty wellness we'll take it all 100% chlorine dry shampoo. And I think any mom would agree because how often am I really getting to do my hair? Not often. <laughs> so. Perfect answer. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you've given a lot of advice throughout this podcast and we are incredibly appreciative. Um, but just like, let's top line it. If somebody wants to make it to the top of whatever industry that they're at, like yourself, how do they do it? What's uh, a few words of wisdom? 
I mean, it all comes back to believing in yourself. I mean, it's that age old adage of, you know, whether you think you can or you can't. Like I said, I didn't come from anywhere special. I didn't have any connections or anything. I just decided that that's the direction I wanted to go in. And that's where I went and things unfolded. And I met people along the way and, you know, being able to see opportunities and take them because a lot of the times, you know, I've presented opportunities to people and they don't take them for whatever reason. So if you don't take the opportunity, Mm -hmm. somebody else will. Someone else will. Ah. So are you going to be in it or not? And if you're going to be in it, then be in it. Mm. And then you would be surprised, I think, how, how wonderful that can be. Oh, well, I got to tell you, I'm wonderfully surprised by this conversation. I've enjoyed it so, so much. I feel like I've learned a tremendous amount about talent management Having done some of this stuff on the back end, not ever going into it in depth. Um, And I just, wow, I I feel like I've learned so much. And I hope that our listeners have as well. Thank you for your time. Um, And we can't wait to see how, you know, the the group expands as as you've been talking about. Um, Best of luck and everything. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. And I'm happy to share some experience because I, I hope somebody somewhere you know, take something away from it today. And they will. They will for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, Jeff. I love an interview with a fellow Kelly. Mm-hmm. Not at all confusing for our <laughs> listeners, I don't think, as I'm talking to Kelly and Kelly again. Um, yeah, no, I, as I said at the top of the pod, we don't, I think, give a lot of space to talent management. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is so important to what we're seeing in terms of the entertainment industry um, and getting campaigns like the ones that we've discussed here, shots, all of that negotiation. Um, And yeah, so it was cool to hear how people can get on a talent Mm -hmm. management radar. Like if you want an agent, like go backwards, listen to a bunch of the things that she's saying and yeah. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to you. And you know, my 10-year-old has aspirations of making a lot of money being a model because we've once pulled him into <laughs> a photo shoot and he then received like $5 in Fortnite dollars and he was hooked. So maybe I should take that up with Kelly. <laughs> maybe you should. Kelly to Kelly. Um, <laughs> would love to hear that combo. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions. Or if you are the creator of the surfer curtain terminology, send us an email at volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.